1: Love Talk Radio yeah.
2: Welcome back Thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide Dead End Sports I'm your host 12 Kyle In this week's episode we're going to talk about college football The season is about to kick off and Dead End Sports has it covered We're going to talk about the top 5 teams in the nation give you our predictions on who's going to win it all and we're also going to talk about the academic scandal that has rocked Notre Dame. You know we're going to get into some Little League baseball as Monet Davis has taken the world by storm. This little girl has done it all, and she's doing it on the big stage. Dead End Sports is going to talk about it. And you know we got to talk some NFL. Johnny Manziel is back in the news for flipping the bird to the Washington Redskins. We're going to talk about that and much, much more. Of course, I'm going to be joined by my co host You know my boys, BZ, Ken, and FIFO. So pass the word, dead end sports, it's about to go down right now. You for tuning in. Once again, it is Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means it is time for the best sports talk show on the Internet right now. That's right. You are locked in live to dead-end sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Once again, this is dead-end sports. You want to participate, get down with us tonight, hit us up, area code 646 478 Again, 646. 646- 4780356 is the number to call. Uh, this is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show. Hit us up, participate. A couple of ways you can do that. You, first, you can log into the chat room. Our chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. Uh, if you're on Facebook, go to facebook.com backslash dead-end sports. Uh, become a fan of our page, like the page, and that way you can keep up with news and, and everything like that that's involving dead-end sports uh you can check out our website deadinSports.com uh if you want to see us most importantly if you want to see us go to youtube.com black backslash deadinSports watch our videos and subscribe to our youtube channel we got videos up now we got even more coming on the way uh if you're on twitter hit us up at deadinSports you can also follow us individually uh you can follow me at 12 Kyle you can follow B at BZ430, that's B E E Z Y 430. You can follow FIFO 247, F E E F O 247, and you can follow Ken at K B I N G E. Uh, remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night. So, in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com. Backslash Dead End Sports. You can also check us out on Stitcher. If you have a Android or iPhone, just download the Stitcher application for free. Search Dead End Sports and listen at your leisure at home or on the go. Uh, you can also check us out on iTunes as well. If you have an iTunes, if you have an iTunes account, subscribe and leave us a comment as well. Again, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. A lot of sports to talk about best two hours of your week right here on dead end sports as i mentioned in the intro i will not be doing this show alone uh we'll be joined by my partners you know the boys you know my partners from dead end hip-hop you know them from dead end sports you know them from everything let's bring in first let's bring in man let's bring in the beat maker of the crew my man Beezy be what's going on brother
1: what up though man how you doing how you what up chilling? though what up
2: though chilling man how about you
1: I'm great, man. Can't complain. Can't complain at all. Ready to get in. No doubt.
2: No doubt. Nobody want to eat complain anyway, right? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, they don't. No doubt. No doubt. Let's bring in the quarterback of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good?
1: Yo, yo, what up, Kyle?
2: Chilling, man. Chilling. What's up with you?
1: Man, all I know is that these people better not be calling us talking about uh, stitcher your head up all my data.
2: That ain't ain't important (laughs) for none of that. Nah, nah, it's good You definitely want to be On the wifi When you're using it though For real <laughs> Alright last but not least Man the Professor X Our boy Partner of the crew My man Ken Ken what's good man Hey what's
3: good Kyle man um, You know I uh, I want to give my hip hop Shout out of the week To uh Big Ed Big Ed the assassin From No Limit uh, He released that album, his only album on No Limit, The Assassin, in 1998. And you know what? I didn't know this, man, but he died in 2001 of a, a throat cancer. But, yeah, man, Big Ed, The Assassin. For all you hip-hop fans, man, you know, uh, check him out, man. That's when No Limit was in their uh, their heyday, man. So, so, yeah, man, so you know what? Uh, check this out, guys. So I was going through my CDs um, two weeks ago. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, no, last week, and I just kept coming, coming across, like, all of these hip-hop albums, man, that, that I used to just, you know, just rock back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. some is pure hip-hop, some is just, you know, stuff I like, you know what I mean, so I figured we're not going to really get a chance to talk to a lot of, a lot about you know, about a lot of it on the show, man, so, yeah, man, I'm going to do, uh, do weekly hip-hop shout-outs, man, from you know, it's just albums that I that I come across that I personally liked. And um, you know, I just want to share it with the masses, man. So yeah, so I'm I'm kicking it off with, with Big Ed Ass the Assassin, mainly because it was really one of the first ones that I could find today, so
2: <laughs>
3: I'm I'm gonna be big honest, Ken,
2: big I'm a hip hop head. I've never heard a big of Big Ed Assassin. I know. I know you haven't, Kyle. I know
3: you haven't, Kyle. and you know what? That's all right. That's all right
2: because you
3: know, he, he it, was, it was No Limit.
2: I know you don't sound like a guy that rocked with No Limit back in the day I, I, like I that. I did, I did. But, I mean, you know, No Limit was putting out albums, like, every two weeks, man. I just couldn't keep up. I know I just couldn't
3: keep up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to talk about No Limit on the show at some point. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that. But, um, but yeah, big, big ass D.F. Jackson, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, big ass. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. That's Ken's weekly weekly shout out to you know hip hop hip hop artists who you probably never heard of. <laughs> yeah. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Man, before we talk sports, obviously the, the the biggest news in the world, man, we got to touch on it uh, because there was a rally here. Everybody knows about the tragedy that happened up in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, tragic shooting death of Mike Brown um, from the uh, police officer, of St. Louis uh, police force. Mike Brown obviously was unarmed. Um, yesterday here in the ATL, man, they had a rally for Mike Brown um and it looks like hundreds of thousands of people came out to support it a very peaceful rally and um you guys uh, were able to get down there and um and check it out man and i saw the video on uh, on Dead and Hip Hop uh Fifo just real quick man talk about what what that was like man being down there for the Mike Brown rally
1: man it, um it it was crazy man it, it it was an experience something i've never experienced before just marching down there with everybody and you know it it it, it just at certain points, I was just overcome with emotion, um, you know, just knowing what some of our ancestors had to deal with. Um, it was a lot tougher than what we have it now. But, you know, injustice back then and injustice now, man, you just you just feel that pain um, when, when you're marching through. You know, um, it, it, it's very undescribable. I can't even really describe it, but it was great. Um, it was a great turnout. I'm glad that so many people came out to support, uh, to show unity. Um, You know I I just wish we could do A little bit more But That was a good start You know what I'm saying Um, We have a voice And I'm glad that The You know Some of the uh, Better hip hop guys Also came out too To support it Because that's our voice That's our platform So I I was glad That we were able to cover it And just give our insights to it
2: Okay Okay What about you Ken What did you take away from it?
3: It was It was positive man I think Um you know, for me, and one of the, the main reasons I went outside of so, showing support is um, is because I I do have a son, and mm-hmm. you know what, what what Ferguson no not Ferguson is an example, but what? constantly there are plenty of stories of youth, um, black youth. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know many stories of white youth, but I'm sure it this But youth period, man, where we're losing children. To uh, to unnecessary causes, um, police brutality is very very real, and this mm-hmm. is not an issue about race. Even though you know uh, the thing that was going on in Ferguson, that incident that went down with Mike Brown may have been uh, racially motivated, you right. know. Um, but this really isn't about race. This is about police brutality as a whole, and and cops. Are just out of control, and one of the things that that I want to point out uh, when people talking about race is that there are black cops on that force, and Mm -hmm. and those black cops are sticking by their brothers. And it was something I told Mike earlier this week when we were talking about is that you know there's black, there's white, and there's blue, and you know when it when it comes down to it, all of them are collectively sticking together. And the police force when they put on those colors. When they put on that uniform and they put on that shield, they're all the same and they're going to stand by each other, uh, from thick and thin. So, you know, I, I think that as the story continues to unfold, what we are starting to see now, we are starting to see developments where every single story that comes out is trying to paint Mike Brown as the villain in this particular mm-hmm. incident, even though he's dead. Uh, they're, they're finding more and more stories to validate. Garen Wilson's murder of of, um, Mike Brown and we are in the spin zone now where everything that will come out now will further further try to prove and discredit anything that has taken place up to this point you know the story that came out today was about him having skull fractures and stuff like that now unless I missed it why did it take so long for that to come out if he went to the hospital you know and that was the, the situation um, you know, B sent me something yesterday About somebody on, on CNN Who's validating, who's telling their side of the story About what they witnessed or what they overheard So, so sorry, that's my kid now So again, but that was his friend, right? That wasn't, you know, uh, another witness That was somebody that was a friend of uh, Darren Wilson So obviously you're going to come out and paint a picture that makes your your boy or the guy you support looks good. So, you know, and, and people are starting to buy the story of him charging the police officer, even though that's not confirmed. So what's happening now is we are entering the spin off zone, and I just encourage everybody to really just take their information in, process it, and really come to your own conclusion based on the facts that they're presented. But be very, very careful with the amount of information that you're consuming Because they have a way Of turning this, this information On his head to make Mike Brown Look like the bad guy And Darren Wilson look like he's the guy that's just Defending himself so um, At the end of the day Darren Wilson Could have shot This guy without Killing him he didn't have He didn't have to unload six shots in this kid and, and that's my position That's what I'm standing by so
2: so yeah, it was good no being doubt. out there,
3: man. And seeing all the uh, the positive protests and seeing the young generation really get out and do something. You know, they're on Twitter a lot, but I'm, it was good to see see them out there, man. And um and that meant a lot, you know, for me to see that. So. Yeah.
2: No doubt, no doubt, man. Like I said, I I saw the video. Didn't get a chance to make it down to the rally. Uh, B didn't get a chance to make it down there either. Um but I will say this much man it it was it was very moving to see that um like you said, all the facts on out and everything like that, but at the end of the day uh and there's vi- protest and and you know we we could really and we obviously we are here to talk sports but we we were not going to let that uh this you know this moment pass without being talk- talking about it and and and, and to be quite honest. This is probably something that we're going to talk about again down the road as, you know, the legal process plays out. Um, But it felt good to see that, and, um, you know, it's good to see that solidarity. Um, And for those of you who want to follow what's going on, my suggestion would be to turn to to social media, to turn to Twitter, to turn to Facebook, because watching NBC or CBS or CNN – you're not going to get the real story. And, I mean, it's something to be said when you're watching a live stream of people on the street and, you know, tear, gra- tear gas are being thrown at them and they've done absolutely nothing but assemble. Uh, ever since the beginning of the time, man does not want other men to assemble in a group of people because they feel intimidated by it. I don't care what color you are. I mean, that's just a known fact. Um, that being said, like I said, I'm very happy with the solidarity and um, hopefully – this thing can play out in the legal system sooner than later. Um, B, did you want to throw something in before we jump on some sports man?
1: Oh, um yeah my my thing is just like let's just get these facts and stuff out straight before we kinda start like super super because you know, I, I don't want to make it look like oh we doing we doing all this and it's like really for nothing. So it's like let's Let's just get the facts out straight first. But I'm glad, like, I saw the video today. I, I didn't even know y'all was posting up a video, and I saw it. I was like, holy shit. So, I mean, it yeah, I didn't to either. You know, Ken. Yeah, it was open to Ken and everybody down there. Yeah, I, hate, I hate I missed it, but, you know, uh, yeah, it was dope. It was good to see that. So I thought it was cool. But, yeah, just, you know, let's just get these facts in straight, man, before we, you know, keep super overreacting. But I, I sure hate to see, see this happening up in Ferguson right now. And, you know, what happened to that young man and him losing a life over... Over something very petty, where we have crimes from other people that's like ten times worse and, you know. Here they goes, still alive, or, or or was in prison and out out of prison and alive. So it's just it's crazy, man. So let's just let's just get the facts straight and just hopefully, hopefully justice prevails. So we will see.
2: Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Yo, man, let's jump on some sports, man. That's what we're here to talk about. Got to start, man. (laughs) Last night, man, Monday Night Football, national televised audience watching uh, the Redskins versus the uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, Johnny Manziel uh, apparently became upset with something that was said to him as he was near the Washington Redskins sideline. Johnny Manziel proceeded to flip the bird to the Redskins, and obviously it was caught on camera. Fifo, uh, oh, man, I'm going to start with you. It, it, is, has Manziel gone too far this time?
1: You started with who? Fifo. Me. All right. Uh, did Manziel go too far with, with the bird Um Honestly, no, but yes, for a couple reasons. Yes, because he's Johnny Manziel. Yes, because it's Monday Night Football. Yes, because the media is going to sensationalize everything that Manziel does And And that's unfair um, Because he, 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 here's the thing Right like if he would have just said If he would have just responded The cameras wouldn't have known what he said He could have said way worse stuff Than what that middle finger mean uh, And it wouldn't have been an issue He could have went out there and made some play And that's the way you really get back At somebody talking smack Because look me, myself, being a quarterback and also playing point guard, I had the ball the majority of the time. I controlled the team. I, I was the leader of the team. I had to be by position. So with that being said, and, and being consistent test tested it, when somebody talks shit, of course I'm going to talk shit. There's no way I'm going to back down. But at the same time, my play will speak for 90% of my bullshit talking. You know what I'm saying? I don't, ha- I don't have to go off of the deep end. And I don't think Johnny does either. Just go out there and make plays. If you feel like you need to say something, then say it. Because gestures will get you in trouble. Because that's a body. That's a body language. It's a body motion. That's something that can be captured, and you know exactly what's being said. You know what I'm saying? In the context of the game, if they, if the camera's in your face and they catch you mouthing off something crazy, as long as it's not, you know, uh, racial or, you know, something of that nature. Man, they're not gonna say nothing. they are gonna say or do nothing to him. So, in the in the Duranski thing, I think that it shows some further flaws and some pretty issues. But he's twenty one and he's not okay. He should be able to drive. Um and, and this puts a, a learning experience on. So. I, th- I think we're making it a little bit bigger, but it's not like it's okay. Let's just pass it over. He shouldn't have done that. He should have handled it different. And I, and I think that that's the point that I really want to make, he, he should have just handled it different. Talking smack, talking, you know, playing the game. That's that's what comes with. It. That's what comes with the dog played. So is just reaction? How, how he handles it. You want to talk second and play your butt off, and then that's you breaking You're up people. You breaking up people. My he's bad. But, yeah, but I, I, I'm good, man. Look, j- just handle it different, Johnny. I, I don't have, I don't, if I was a coach, I wouldn't have a real issue with it. I would just tell him handle it different. Don't make body gestures. Say something and then play your butt off.
2: No doubt. No doubt. What, what about you, B? Uh, Manzel, man. I mean, he, he's a guy that came into the league, obviously, with a lot of hype. Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> I guess, the, the, the other savior in Cleveland now, now that LeBron's there. Uh, Did he go too far with with flipping on the bird, man?
1: Um, Did he go too far? Yeah, because I look at it like this. If if you letting people get under your skin and it's under preseason football... Boy, you, you ain't going to make it in the NFL when that season gets started and, and you lose about, you know, two, right. or three, or four games in a row. And then the media the media gets on you, and then the fans are probably going to say worse. And Don't let it be Cleveland. Don't let it be the hometown fan and you up there uh, playing like shit. Um, it's going to be way worse than, you know, middle fingers. And you letting them get on your skin in the preseason game. So, yeah, I think – I mean, then I also agree with people, though, yeah, just because it's Johnny Manziel, the media is going to, like – you know, of course hype it up a hundred times more, but hey, that's what you get when you're in the NFL. You you've been on the spotlight for the like, past two years at Texas A and m So what you expect mm-hmm. for the for the media you expect the media or you expect the cameras to not be on you when you're on a bigger stage, the NFL stage. So yeah, it, I, I think I think it just showed that to me he's taking, he, he can't he can't have it's like anger, he can't have the pressure, but he's letting the people get under his skin way, way too early in the NFL season. It's nothing but preseason, dude. Like, calm down. You're trying to you're trying to get that starting spot first. You need to you need to focus on getting that starting spot and making plays for the Cleveland Browns. And, and you know, and if you letting some crowd get up under your skin for you to put the bird, and then you looking like, oh, what? I just flipped the bird, and of course the camera's gonna be on you because Johnny, Johnny, quote unquote, Johnny football. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think you went a little bit too far just because it's a preseason. Like, you gotta. You got to bow that in and go out there and make plays. I man. Let, let your game do the speaking. You know what I'm saying? Stop all this antics. Cause this NFL, buddy. This is not college. You're not, you're not a tech JNM this, this is This is the NFL, the big one. So they're going to be 100 times worse than Johnny Football.
2: Definitely, definitely, definitely. What about you, Ken, man? Johnny Football, man, or as we call him now, Johnny Finger, man. What's your take on it? Yes.
3: He did. Look, this was the worst thing Johnny Menzel could have done um, so far, mainly because it's Monday night football. There are question marks surrounding you constantly. You're playing like utter crap, and you can't handle somebody telling you you ain't what you think you are, and that's how you react. You know, everything B said is correct. You can't handle the pressure. You can't handle the pressure of having a bad game in the NFL because you want to go out there and show that you can do it, and you probably recognize that you may have just lost the starting job, you know, because you are out there playing like crap. Because you think you can he, – he tried to run. He, he, couldn't get, he couldn't get anywhere. You know, the defense is – sorry, B, but the rest his defense – you know, last night proved they wasn't they they were not Detroit defense. Johnny Manziel tried to run, and he ran into like four or five different Redskins, and they were basically telling him, "Welcome to the NFL," you know, and and yep. if can't handle that, what happens if he sees Seattle or San Francisco
2: or Carolina?
3: Or,
0: I mean, not even uh, that. Just look at, it, again, look at again, his division. Fun. He's it's got
2: Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh yeah. he's Pittsburgh, got Baltimore, and he's got yeah. Cincinnati in his division. In his own division.
1: He got the F twice, twice in a year.
3: Yeah, again. so, no. No. Not, so, you, you're you responding emotionally and and reacting, which could be something that could potentially cost you a penalty. So, it could be a 15-yard penalty or, uh, or whatnot. So, But ultimately, man, I just think the timing of it all was bad for Johnny Manville because you were – like, if you were playing great, you know, or good to great, you know, he had that reaction, fine. But I think when you look at what happened, you looked at his play, you look at overall, you know, him failing to react to, you know, a different team with a different scheme and and just being able to respond, man, I just think the timing of it was bad for – for Johnny, because people have always questioned his character, and now he's proven some of those those, those uh, pundits right by doing something like that. You are showing that you are immature. I'm not buying all of this. Oh, uh, he plays better when, when he's mad type crap. <laughs> you know, I'll save that for the, for those that want to make excuses for Johnny Manziel. He, he so I'm not buying it. He was wrong. He should have done it. I think it's bigger than his personal feelings, and I think he should, and will learn to put the team on, you know, before him, and you know. So at the end of the day, I think it's a learn a lesson. But yeah, man, I, I yeah, I, I think it just was was um not something Johnny needs to do, and it was it was it was a it was a terrible mistake by him. Worst thing he could have done, because you're still trying to win a job Russ. so you don't need to be out there flipping off anybody that's right about what they just did to you, because you
0: had not prove them wrong.
2: So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I will reference the comments a couple of weeks ago that uh, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, new Hall of Famer Andre Reed said about Johnny Manziel. He said, you know, who is this snot-nosed rookie think he is? And that just goes to show you, like, Andre Reed and the era that he played in was old school. Like, rookies, I don't care if you were, because most, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, and I don't even, I don't mean 30 years ago, I mean 10, 15 years ago, there was no such thing as a rookie quarterback coming in and starting and being the leader of the team and all of that stuff like that. I mean, a rookie quarterback was treated just like any other rookie, like dirt. You treated them you treated them like they treated them like they weren't much. I mean, they they still accepted them as brothers, but you know, a rookie wouldn't get that kind of shine. He wouldn't get that kind of ink, he wouldn't get that kind of press. Obviously, it's a different day and time. Um, I think, and, and and you guys have heard me on here. I've defended Manziel uh, a lot, uh, but I think what is problematic for what he did is that, like Ken said, he's still in the he's still in the mix for fighting for a job. And this is the preseason. This is the preseason in D.C. It's not like you're on the road in Pittsburgh, or it's not like you're in Oakland on the road, or something like that. You know, this was a relatively. You know, and, and this was from. The Raiders bench. So this wasn't even from heckling from the fans. So what's going to happen We're when against. you, like you said, We're when against. you when you get heckled from the fans? And Manziel just has to realize, man, you, you got to be smart. You got to be smart, guys. You know, you you go into someone else's sideline. People going to say things. People going to hit you. I mean, that's a part of the deal. And and trust me, they are opposing. Just like it was when he was in college, they're opposing the def- defenders that want to get a shot on him. You know, they they're looking to knock him out. They sit in meetings. Yo, I can't wait to knock this little rookie out and they think he's arrogant, they think he's cocky and all that and maybe he is. And maybe those are some of the things that help propel him to play well, but like Ken said, you know, you what you don't want is a 15-yard penalty. That's what you don't want because uh he's going to get fined obviously because the camera's caught it, but and you just got to you got you got to grow up, Johnny. You you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't say well, hey, I'm just, you know, it's a rookie mistake, but then, you know, on the on the flip side, you're hanging out and all that stuff like that and kind of drawing attention to yourself. So the eyes will be on him. I think this week right here is probably going to determine who wins that job. So we'll keep our eyes open for that. Uh, the phone number to call in: area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I am your host, Twelve Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports, joined by my partners, Beasy, Ken, and FIFO. We are Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Um, next thing I wanted to talk to you about, obviously, we, we, we're going to talk college football right now. Um, college football season kicks off, uh, and, and it's going to be hot and heavy. Uh, earlier this week, the AP released this top uh, 25 poll. Um, I'm just going to go over the top five for right now. AP's named the top five. Uh, obviously, number five, Ohio State. Number four, Oklahoma. Number three, Oregon two Alabama, and number one, the defending champion Florida State Seminoles. So, Ken, I'll start with you first, man. Who is your top five football teams in college football right now?
0: So I have to go
3: with, of course, Florida State. Um, You know, nationally, they won it last year. Um, Winston's back. uh, Look, I said it all last year, man. Um, and I, and I saw it, man, that, that kid was something special, man, and and he proved it every, you know, he, and he proved it, he proved it in, in, on the biggest stage, you know, when it counted the most, driving his team down to win the national championship game against seemingly insurmountable odds against a team that many thought was destined to win it all, especially after Mason broke free for that touchdown. I, and, and look, let me—I'll me, be honest. Right. Just revisit that game for a minute. I, I, look, I thought it was over too. I, I thought maybe, maybe they, maybe they are distant. But Winston proved to me that you know the the, the things that I saw in him were were accurate and true outside of him still in some damn crab legs in the off season, um, you know. But making terrible off, see, off the field choices, but on the field. He was, uh, he was outstanding last year. So taking that, taking everything he learned, uh, last year and bringing that forward this year, Florida State is definitely on my list. Um, they lost some, some key players, but hopefully they have the talent pool. And I believe they do to, to replace those players, but more importantly, they got the, they got Winston and, and he's the captain. Um, you, you can't ever count out Alabama, man. Um, you know, they're always there. They, they, they win by defense. And a ground and pound game, and they just wear you out. So you know you can't count them out, man. And they don't even need a great quarterback. They proved that over the last five years that they can win with anybody back there. Um, Ohio State was there, but losing Miller for the season um, hurts. But but I, you know what? I, I believe in in um, Ohio State. I think the backup that they have,
2: because then they run a, a two QB. Offense
1: last year, I can't remember. Um, yeah, they did. The yeah, backup did. quarterback oh,
2: yeah. saw some playing time, but I mean, it's pretty much Braxton Miller. In fact, Braxton Miller was the uh, only player from both uh, from all from all five major conferences to th- throw for two thousand yards, or more, two thousand or more yards, and uh, rush for more than a thousand yards. Okay, but
3: you know what, man. I, I, you know what, I, I still ride, ride out with with Ohio State, man. I, I think that's a loss, but um, you know, I, I I believe in the system. I believe in the organization, um, and, and I think that even though losing Miller is, is tough, um, I, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. They just need to get over the first few games, get into a rhythm, and continue to establish establish what they're doing. And I think they'll be fine. But that you know, it remains to be seen. Um, Let's see Uh, You know what I like Auburn But I like them based on what they did last year And there were some games that They could have lost That would honestly change a lot of people's opinion of them this year Um, But look, they beat Alabama They went toe-to-toe with Alabama, right?
2: Right they uh, went
3: toe to toe with with Florida State, and, you know uh, they got there by the tip of um, from Georgia um and and uh the quarterback is is coming back this year. Mm-hmm. and we saw what he was able to do last year. So I will show them the respect that I think that they're due based off of that last year. and I think if they you know continue to build on that, I think they'll they'll be okay. Uh, so that's Florida State, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Auburn, and let's go with let's go with Oklahoma, man. I, you know, okay. I, I, I looked at at Oregon, and you know they they always tease you with with some great games and winning all these games, but. You know, they always at some point will end up losing a game somewhere that they shouldn't lost lose or, mm-hmm. or get tougher competition. You know, um, so I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. I think they have more of a traditional style offense and defense that that's known to win games uh, when, when it counts and not that super high fancy offense that a lot of these uh, teams that you know end up being in the top ten you know typically run that where they try to outscore you. So. um, so you know, uh, so I'm gonna go with with Oklahoma just based off past pedigree and, um, and and the program success in the past. So I'm gonna ride out with them. And you know, my sleeper pick, man. You know, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, man. You know, we <coughs> know, we're show, we're show y'all some things this year, man. You know, I'm riding
2: out with the. As a matter of fact, you know what, man? Yeah, I, I didn't I, you didn't even hold up. Didn't you get to Georgia last year?
3: Look, don't worry about that. This is a New Year, man. Let's get. <laughs> yeah.
2: let,
0: let's
3: get Let's get Ohio State out of there. Nah, let's get Auburn out of there. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Georgia in there, man. I'm gonna ride out with the home Jay. I'm gonna put Georgia in there, man. Bye, bye, Auburn. I'm
2: gonna kick y'all out, man. I'm I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ride out with Georgia Bulldogs. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh my God. Hey, make make sure we do, are we yeah. This, this is being recorded, so we we do have it documented. Um, FIFO <coughs> man. What what about you? Uh, uh-oh, wait a minute, I don't think FIFO's, I think four calls drop. Let's go to B. B, uh, what about you? Your, give me your top five in college football right now.
1: Um, starting at five, I'm going to go with Michigan State just because their defense is, well, it's starting to be talked about now, but their defense, man, that's one that, that front seven. Is, is scary. And, you know, a lot of them guys are returning hey. again. And, and um yeah, Stone, they, they, I think they won the Big Ten last year, man. Uh, so, yeah, they did. So only one loss last yeah, year. Yeah, only one loss last year, which I did. And I still don't understand how they got that loss, but still. But, I mean, you know, when they stepped up for them to win the Big Ten championship, they won it. They beat Ohio State. Yeah, man, don't sleep on Michigan State defense, man. They, they got full-ready guys. You know. That's my number five. Um, number four, I'm going to go with um I'm gonna go with Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma, you know, just – you know, it's, Oklahoma is one of them teams you, you got to race to forty. You know, they, they they offensively they've always been like that. I mean, I can't really speak on. They don't have like super great defense. But, like I said, they are one of them teams where you got to race to forty. You got you got to You got to be able to. You got to be able to be ready to shoot out with Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you number, gotta put up number three. Number three, I got Auburn. I mean, yeah, just because you know uh, the quarterback he's returning this year, and uh, you know a lot of, they they return a lot of stars too, and they always be good to recruit, Um At number three, uh, number two, I got you know. Well, I got Florida State at number two, actually. Florida State number two. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Even though they're the defending champs and everything, I, I, oh my I don't know. Oh, God. So, yeah, I, I, I got Florida State number two, and I got Alabama at number one. I think, you know, Nick are saving them boys. I think they're going to smell blood again this year after the uh, hurting loss to Auburn last year. And they just kind of mm-hmm. like – they kind of gave, gave up in that uh, – that, uh, that bowl game because it was like, hell, we ain't playing for national championship. Let's just go ahead and just get some money for the university, blase, blase. I, I think if they were playing for national championship, they'd have been, they'd have been ready and they'd have won it again. But I got Alabama at number one, and Florida. I switch, switched, swap Florida State and Alabama. I got them. I got Alabama at one and Florida State at
2: two. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, Fifo? Uh Top five in college football right now.
1: First of all, B, how the hell are you so disrespectful, man? How are you going to put Florida State number two? They got a quarterback coming in. Yeah, man. Like, they straight, like, like, like you have to respect the defending chance, bro. Florida State number two. Florida State number two, man. How? They got got the best quarterback in college football back, arguably. We'll see if they, you know, listen, we'll see if they they pull out this year, man. I I got a funny feeling about Florida State this year. I might be. Um, we, we, well, we had this conversation come 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 January seventh. We'll we play for national championship. We shall. We will. You know, we got that in sports. We ain't going nowhere. Nope. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, hey, it's documented now. We, we got Florida State number two, but it's all good. It's all good. I feel you. Um, I actually, I agree with the AP polls, uh top three. I agree with Florida State being number one. You cannot be disrespectful to, to, to the reigning champ. I don't, I don't care. Um, you just can't do it. Uh, Alabama, number two, definitely, you know, they probably have the most talent, the best coach team. Like, come on, look, look at Saban's record. I, I'm not going against them. Oregon, we, we already know, uh, Ken already explained it a little bit, uh, explosive offense. And they always kind of tease you with almost becoming a powerhouse, but they always have that big loss that just kind of derails their whole season. That's just the story of Oregon. Uh, what I have at number four, I have Auburn. Number four. Um, I can't remember the quarterback's name, but
2: um, Nick Marshall.
1: Yeah, Nick Marshall. You know, with another year, you know, he was kind of like just thrusted into that situation. But with a year under his belt now, um, playing QB, um, you know, going through the SEC, just you know, just just everything that that a like year of experience adds to you, I think they'll be fine. I think that they are a top five team. And then, uh, number five, I have Oklahoma. Um, so, so that's, that, that's my top five. So, I'm not too far off of what AP got right now.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, pretty solid, man. So, everybody's, with the exception of Kent throwing Georgia in there, uh, <laughs> everybody's, uh, everybody's top five is solid, man. Um, I'm going to go with that five, I got uh I had Ohio State obviously but with uh with 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 the news coming down that uh Braxton Miller's out, I think I, I don't I don't I really don't see how they're gonna make it. So I'm gonna slide um I actually you know, I'm I'm not gonna knock Ken because Georgia I think is in the top ten. So you can't really knock Ken for being a homer. I mean I mean we can but you know, we won't. <laughs> uh I'm gonna slide Stanford in there, man. I think the the pack ten is gonna be tough this year. But I'm gonna slide Stanford in there. I think Stanford, you know, should be able to, you know, compete or, on that next level. Um, then I'm gonna go with Oregon at four. I think Oregon. I think B mentioned Oregon scores a lot of points. Um, I I need to see Oregon get You're it Oklahoma.
0: done. I say Oklahoma.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. Oregon well, I'm I'm know. going Oregon at, at four. Uh, I, I need to see Oregon get it done. Obviously, when when they and I mean obviously we got the we're no longer in the BCS anymore. So now we have the actual playoff. Um, Oregon's got the uh, quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who's a Heisman Trophy candidate. I think they're going to be solid. Um, for three, I'm going to go Oklahoma. Oklahoma, another team that, you know, is going to put up a lot of points. Um, Stoops always has those kids ready. Uh, I think they've got a stud tailback in uh, in Joe Mixon. Um, you know, he, but he's got a – if I'm not mistaken, I, I – I think I saw something about him getting into trouble and I'm not sure if Joe Mixon is going to be on that, that squad. I'll, I'll look it up look it up and, and get back to you guys before we get off the air. Um two, I'm going to Alabama, the number one recruiting class over the past year. I think they've got like six blue chip guys or whatever. Um you you can't you can't front on Alabama what uh slick Nick Saban has done. Um number one man you guys know anybody, especially if you're new to the show, uh, I am die hard. And ever since I was like seven years old, been a Florida State Seminoles fan, even though I grew up in South Carolina. I uh, hate both of those teams. Um, <laughs> but I well, actually, I hate South Carolina. I don't hate Clemson. Um, but that's another story for another day. Uh, Florida State Seminoles, man. And it's not me being, being, being a homer. And we also noticed that B, who is from Detroit, went with Michigan State at five. Yep. <laughs> at five. Hey, hey, no, 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 no.
1: Let me let me let me let me explain something. Like growing up, I've always been. I'm not calling football. you a homer.
2: I'm just saying. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no. I, I, just, I always growing up as a kid, I always root for Michigan football, but I always root for Michigan State basketball. So okay, got gotcha. it. I just put I just put Michigan State because their defense is just like people sleep on their defense. It's, it's a beast.
2: They, they got a squad, man, and like I said, they, yeah, you got to keep in mind they only lost one game last year. So if they didn't yep. trip up, I mean, they they could have and. You know, another year they could have been playing for the national championship. Um, like I said, number one, I'm going for Florida State. I'm a little concerned about uh, the defense because Florida State's defense lost. I, I think Florida State's defense was number one in the nation, and they only returned four starters. Uh, they had, excuse me, I, I, they had the number one pass defense in the nation. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Uh, the ACC isn't as tough as the SEC, but I think week in and week out, there are teams that can trip you up. So if, if um, Jameis Winston and 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 the coaching staff and the rest of that team is not ready. Uh you know, it it could, you know, there could be a game that that trips you up, a game against Maryland or a team like that. Uh Clemson is better obviously in the division and um you know, so it, it's going to it's going to time will tell what happens, but I think uh I got Florida State man winning it all next year. I got Florida State winning it all. Um phone number to call in area code 646 again 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. You were locked in live to dead end sports. Now I just threw out there who I think is gonna win it all. Uh I think no I think uh Florida State's gonna win the national championship. B, what about you? Who who wins the national championship and why? Uh
1: Alabama. because Nick Saban smells blood. He he smelled blood, then didn't, didn't finish the season off right uh last year. Kinda like the San Antonio Spurs, you know, they lost the Miami Colts. You know, they went into the season smelling blood, and they went and got that championship. I think that's going to happen with Alabama. I think Nick Saban and company, they smell blood, and and they're going after it.
2: Okay, okay. What about you, FIFA? Who wins the national title this year in in the playoffs?
1: I think Florida State as well. Uh, You know, when you have a quarterback that has experience, you know, as a true freshman, he went the whole way. Um, you know, obviously he's the emotional leader of that group mm-hmm. And I think he has I think he will have Especially this season A more calming effect Because, you know I, I, Just like Jimbo I think that the championship game last year Was probably one of the best wins that ever played Mainly because it didn't start off good And the whole the exact first half home, Yeah, great point, good.
2: people It didn't start off good, good at all
1: So he was able to come back against an SEC defense Um, so I I don't don't think that the SEC is is going to rattle him. Um, I don't think that in the first half, whatever happened before will happen again. not saying that he won't get off to a bad start, just saying that I don't think that it will shake him the the way it shook him, you know, and for a true freshman to be able to shake that off in the second half. And obviously when you look at the the game, you know, the routes were simple. They ran a lot of comeback routes. They, They simplified the game for Winston. But to manage that and to do exactly what your team needed to do and win, that's big and that's invaluable. So just based off of that experience alone, I think they –
2: Okay, no doubt, no doubt. What what about you, Ken? Who will be the national champion this season? Oh, man. -hmm.
3: Most – it's hard for – College teams to win back to back. Typically, it doesn't happen because of the way the system was set up. One lost you out. Uh, Alabama, for the last few, few years, have been lucky. You know, they'll lose a game, then the next week, and the week after that, somebody else will turn around and lose a game, and they'll bri- <laughs>
0: Right. You know,
3: um, and, and that's just the way it's always went for them. They, you know, they, they wanted a lot of, they won a few ch- ch- yeah. chips that way. You know, and, um, but I, I, I'm much like you guys. with are going Florida State, uh, and here's why. Uh, people is already echoed. People is already basically pointed out a, a, a lot of the reasons. You know, Jameis Winston is is coming back. He he won and he fought through adversity. Tough ball game. You won. You won it all. Um, as long as he he remains uh, humble, and and stays dedicated to playing the game on the field. You know, he can only elevate his status next year and and get ready for a pro level. Um, So he's coming back with experience, and he's coming back with experience as a winner. But on top of that, man, just the reports that I've read about Florida State, they're saying that that this class, this recruiting class that they have, this group that they're bringing back into the season this year,
4: is better than the team that they had last year.
3: (laughs) What do you do with that? And then you have the playoff system. So, you know, as long as you're able to just stay in the top four and not drop off a one loss, you know, it won't it won't hurt you that bad. You know, um, I, I see where the beat is coming from. Alabama, you know, uh, you you can't knock them out of the race. But, you know, I, I looked at their schedule, man. LSU can get them, you know, just because it's LSU and Les Miles, is going to come through with something. You know, we, we don't know where Auburn. Yeah, so we don't know where Auburn will be, but they're going to be in the thick of it. You know, last game of the season. You know, so at that point, if if they're ready to go and they've improved on their season, you know, and they're you know cooking with with you know with gas, they're, they're, that's going to be a tough matchup. So. Um, they play Texas A&M where, you know, we've talked them out. I'm just looking at some of the ranked games they have. <laughs> they get Ole Miss, who's ranked 18, who, you know, by that time may fall out or may move up. So they have a couple of games where they can trip up. But their schedule, all in all, doesn't look that tough outside of LSU and maybe Auburn. Everybody else they should easily beat. So they'll be there. The only thing they have to do is, is really get ready, you know, for the playoff system. And then who knows what can happen. So they'll be in the thick of it and, you know, uh, um, Saban is, is, is a genius, you know. When it comes to, to the football field, man, and coaching these guys, so they'll be there. But I, 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 like, I like Florida State, man. So right now, I'm gonna ride out with them. There, I'm gonna ride out with Florida State. I'm, I'm gonna put my faith in Jameis Winston. This is
2: always, <laughs> no, All doubt, right? no doubt, no and, doubt. And like I said, I, I'm rocking with Florida State. That's my team. But I'm. Me uh, not being a homer, uh, putting my my feelings aside, I think uh, I think they got enough. I think they have just enough to get there, and ultimately, what you want to do is get there. Now, my boy Q made a good point on on Twitter. He said the loss of Kelvin uh, Benjamin is going to be huge, and I think so. You know, other guys got to step up. But like you know, like you said, uh, this recruiting class is heralded as you know a much better. So in in essence. Florida State is bringing back, they think, a better team. Maybe not with as much experience, but they think that Florida State is bringing back a better team uh, to defend their title. So it's going to be interesting to see what Jimbo, Coach Jimbo Fisher and the rest of the Florida State Seminoles have uh, as they prepare to move forward. Uh, <clears throat> phone number to call in, 646- 356 Again, 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, twelve Kyle, joined by my partners, Beasy, Ken, FIFO. We are Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Tonight we're talking college football, amongst other things. The college football kickoff. Pass the word, pass the word on the show, tell a friend to tell a friend. Dead End Sports is back on the air again. Um now, what uh, uh, one of the biggest stories that have come out the last week or so has been the uh, academic improprieties by four players uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, it has been reported that, uh, and I think, all, if I'm not mistaken, all of these guys are starters. Uh, Notre Dame has decided to suspend their four of their players, four of their key players, um, for the upcoming season. They're suspended indefinitely as a independent uh investigation is being uh, going on right now. Uh, apparently there was some situation with tests involved, with tutors. Uh, there's, some, there's alleged some academic improprieties as to whether or not these guys actually took their tests or someone else took the test for them, um, that type of thing. Um, so the fact that Notre Dame has suspended these players, and I'll start with you 1st vfo uh Do you think that this is, as far as cheating, as far as cheating on tests and stuff like that, papers, Do you think this is an isolated incident, or do you think it's prevalent in college athletics?
1: Oh, it's prevalent in college athletics. I think it's been prevalent in college athletics since there was college athletics. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everybody, uh, you know, just everybody doesn't have the propensity to pass or to really, you know, Progress in a place like Notre Dame. Notre Dame has high educational standards. You know, not everybody can play out of Stanford. Not everybody can play. You know, even at a Princeton, Harvard, even though they're not major sports universities. You know, there's just some schools out there. Michigan is another one. You know, that they 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 hold everybody to the same academic academic standards. So I think that um, it's not an isolated incident. I think that the way Notre Dame is handling it is. Is the way that an institution That holds academic standards higher That's the way that they're going to handle it Because it's it's about academics You know, the, the the whole thing is being a student athlete So the school has reign over its students And handling it the way that they're handling it I'm perfectly fine with it And it's it's not an isolated incident I think it happens all over the place You know, it's, it happens in high school So, you know, and, and high school's not even really big money when it comes to sports, you know, at least not like college or or the pros are. So it it happens all over the place. And I don't think that we're ever going to, to, you know, completely take it away. We're not going to completely take that away. There's going to be dummy classes. There's going to, you know, because at the end of the day, it's a business. And college athletics makes a lot of money. And when you have talent, you're going to figure out a way to get that talent on that football field or that basketball court. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down. To. So there's money involved. Those those talented guys will find a field or court to play on, regardless.
2: No doubt, no doubt. It, it, it's it's running rampant, man. What what about you, Kent? Uh, is it an isolated incident, or, or is this something that's very prevalent in college athletics as far as cheating is concerned?
3: Man, we hear it all the time, man. You know and um, you know, it's just one of those things, man. They they it's just so much money uh in college football and having those star athletes or those talented players out there on the field that they're willing to turn a blind eye to certain things just to give them a chance to win. You know, and and it's 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 unfortunate because you know, this leads to a, a kind of like a, a bit of a deeper problem that we have because these guys are are not receiving the one thing that they need the most and that's an education. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these guys won't even be able to go play in, in, in the NFL. So what do you do after that? You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I think it's extremely problematic and when you have an institution and an organization like Notre Dame committing these types of acts you know, who pride themselves on academics. What's to stop some, you know, other schools from doing it? What's to stop a Division II school from doing this? That's not being watched that heavily, or any junior colleges. You know what I'm saying? From from doing this and basically crippling these these kids from becoming productive citizens in in our society. And and that's something that we need so we can continue to evolve and grow. You know, as as a, as a nation. Um, so, and, and it also encourages and sends the wrong message to to these kids at cheating or finding a way to, to circumvent the system is okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think that that's a problem within itself as well. So, if they're willing to try to, you know, get by in school, who knows what they're going to do when they get a job.
0: Or they're, <clears throat> and they, manage,
3: they, they might be running some organizational or manager or CEO you know, and they, they may try to, you know, use the stuff that they learned in, in, in college and, and end up costing people their retirement or something. So, you know, they're, they're crippling not only the school, because now the school will face sanctions possibly, but the, the students. The students are the ones that suffer the most because they walk away without a college education and since so they're not being compensated for their time on the field then they are receiving nothing of value at all outside of being this quote-unquote college star athlete for four years, and and that's wrong. So it, it, it's definitely prevalent within all, uh, well, I won't say all, but it, it's prevalent, man. We know it. We hear about it all the time. You know, so it, it's just every year it's like, who next? So, um right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a right. situation.
2: No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? What's your take on it? Is it? Do you think it's prevalent in college athletics?
1: Yeah, Ken just summed it up. For me, I was about to say, yeah, it's almost like this has been going on for as long, probably before I was born as far as college athletics. Like like Ken said, who's next? Who's next? What's going to be the next school that they're going to roll out and say, hey, they're under academic, you know, blase, blase. Yeah, of course. Of course these um, kids are not going to come in with a with a, um, an engineer major or, you know, in, of course they're going to have. That's why if you listen to the majors that they have, it's like very simple majors that, do, that doesn't require, you know, high academic skills or anything. It's like it, I, I can't even give an example of a major they might have, but it ain't going to be like no engineering or biological science or nothing like that. It's, gonna, it's just something for them to have, for them to get by. Like Ken said, it's like they're they're focusing on them more so as an athlete before they are the student. Because you know why? Because athletes and them players draw money for the universities. If you if you mm-hmm. if you get a, a, t- a chance to the bowl games and stuff, or you get into the final four, that's money from universities. Because of why they got those these great five star players. That's probably a, a, a barely a C average um you know grade coming out of high school. Knowing that they're, they're not ready for this college you know the college academic. Uh, lifestyle, so yeah, of course, yeah, this, this cheating is very prevalent in college a- athletics. It's like it's it's going to continue to go on, and like Ken said, who next? Who else is going to spill the beans? What, what school we're going to hear about? You know, going into this season, maybe you know before the season's over, and going into next year and the year after that, right. it's like, You know, are you going to see the LSU come out? Are you going to see the you know the Miami's come out? Are you going to see you know. Michigan State, or so whatever. Just it's just like who's gonna be next. So it's, yeah, it's very prevalent in college athletics. I think, I think it's gonna keep going. So I don't, if you if people complaining, if parents complaining, don't start complaining because it's gonna keep it's gonna keep going on as long as these universities are making a whole bunch of money off of these athletics. I ain't even call them student athletics just athletics, because that's what they do. <laughs> then they, you know they, it's, it's gonna it's gonna keep going on. So you know it's, it, it, that's reality. That's that's life.
2: Pat no doubt, no doubt, man. I, I think um, when I when I saw this question, I, I thought to myself, you know what? It, 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 it's it's not even about cheating in, in college athletics. I think cheating just goes on in college. Period. I mean, yep. we all know the saying, "Cheat or repeat." I mean, hey, it, it, it's it's you, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I mean, all these little colloquialisms we heard, you know, growing up and everything, and when we got to school. And I think it's very prevalent. I think, um, you know, it's only a small number of schools that actually get caught. A small number of players that actually get caught. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it runs rampant. And, I mean, I think anybody who's been in high school, anybody who's been in college, you, you just take yourself back to that moment when your homeboy says, hey, B, hey I got Miss Johnson's test. You want it? Man, if you knew that you could get Miss Johnson's test, and you didn't have to study for it? Come on. Come Run on, it.
0: Son. <laughs> <Run> it.
2: <laughs> Come on, son. You know you've taken that test, man. So I mean, I, I even though it's wrong, I mean, and I don't want anybody listening to me think I'm I'm advocating for that, but I'm just saying, just put yourself in that position. Um Just
1: speaking real. You know,
2: it speaking it's, real. That's that's real. I mean, I like I said, I don't know anybody who I went to high school with, who I went to college with, who would be like No, I don't want to see the test. You know, the first thing they're going to ask is, are you sure it's the test, and are you sure the problems are in that particular sequence? If if you get that, they say it's the exact same test. Man, you're going to make your copy, put your little cheat sheet in your hand or in your pocket or wherever, and you're going to make it happen. So not that 12 Kyle has ever done that before. (laughs) I, I plead the fifth. (laughs) <laughs> way to clean that up. Way to,
0: way to clean that up. Way to, way to clean that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, You know,
2: it's, I mean, plus the statute of limitations. I, I graduated college in 96, so, I mean, if I did do that, and we're not saying that I did, if I did do that, the time has passed. So you can't come get me. 646 um, 478 You're locked in live. The dead end sports uh, program. Make sure that you check out our videos. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, make sure that you go to youtube.com backslash dead end sports watch our videos and more importantly subscribe to the channel and then more importantly than that pass the word tell everybody you know about the best show on the internet dead end sports um can't mention and i I need to throw this plug in and i forgot to do it earlier can't mention hip-hop uh for those of you who are fans of dead end hip-hop fans of hip-hop in particular uh some of you don't know this but I have my own little show too as well. Uh and shout out to Q of my show last week. But on my show tomorrow we're actually talking about three of the uh, biggest uh hip hop albums in the nineties. Uh that would be The Infamous by uh Mob Deep, uh Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest and Enter the Thirty Six Chambers by Wu Tang. So if you got a minute, check out my show, it's right here on Blog Talk Radio, dot com backslash twelve Kyle. Um So, yeah, so now let's get back to sports. Uh, As far as rivalries, college football, Ken, I'm going to start with you. What is the best rivalry in college football right now? Oh, damn. Um, Right now? Um, Right now.
3: Oh, man, you messed me up with that one. Uh, I I just (laughs) called best college football rivalry, so – uh, let's see. So let me think. Um
2: you know what, let's go to FIFO. Uh FIFO, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, no, uh, man, best college best rivalry in college football right now, man. You know, honestly,
1: um I I would say for twenty fourteen, fifteen season. There has to be um, – man, you know what? I, I feel a little bit like Ken. Um, th- th- does um, Alabama and Auburn play this year? Do they
0: play yeah, they play Tennessee every
1: Sunday? year. Yeah, I play every year. Every year. Okay.
0: Just, I just want sure. to make sure.
1: Just want to make sure. I think that's the best one just because of how last year played out. Um, I'm most interested to see that. I want to see if it was a fluke. You know, everybody. You know, special magical things happen. You know, mm-hmm. but um, I just, I just, I just really want to see that. But I would say, like, more so my all time, and you know, I'm, I guess I'm gonna be a homer on this one is it, U M and Florida State. Just all of the wide yeah. left and wide right. You know, like just growing up. You know, in Miami. You know, and, and just seeing that. That 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 was crazy. You know, like. In Miami, man, if you're like not a U fan, I don't, I don't know where the hell you don't you don't live inside the city limits. Uh, <laughs> you get crazy like that. But um, but yeah, I would say all kinds of me personally, I would have to go uh, UM and Florida State. Uh, I think right now for this upcoming season, I need to see Auburn, Alabama.
2: No doubt, no doubt. What about you, uh, B? Uh, like I said, he, he represents the D. Uh, uh, what's your uh, what's your biggest rivalry in college football right now? Uh, oh, I mean, I don't want
1: to name the obvious. The yeah, cause I was gonna say Iron Bowl as well. I mean, I saw the thirty for thirty on that on that rivalry, and I didn't even know it was that serious until I saw that thirty for oh. thirty about uh, about oh Auburn in yeah. Alabama. I did not know it was like that crazy. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with a sleeper. I think going into this, I think like right, probably like in the past, I would say maybe two or three years. I think this rivalry has has sparked up. Sparked up my interest is because this one oh. particular school has gotten better, I guess, over the past couple of years since this particular coach has coached there. Is uh, Clemson in South Carolina? They've had some really. really they've been having. Yeah, they've been having some really since since um, Spurrier came, You know, became. You know, I thought South Carolina was always kind of like a joke until he, until he until he until he became the head coach and then he started getting his recruit. You know, recruiting the guys that he wanted, and South Carolina's been a. They've been pretty a respectable school now as far as the football. They've part. been right <laughs> there. They've been right there. It's like yeah. and, and, you know, people. So I'm, and I'm just saying, over the past like two years, I'm not saying, oh, this is my favorite rivalry. I'm just, I'm just kind of naming some rivalries that people never really talk about now. And you know, Clemson is always good coming out the ACC. And the fact mm-hmm. that both, you know, in, in separate conference, and, and 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 uh, of course, because it's in state, it's an in state rivalry. But I think, you know, I think that's those two when them two clash. I think that's you, you always get known for a good game, and you never know who's gonna win. It's like. You don't really say, okay, yeah, South Carolina is a clear-cut winner, or Clemson is a clear-cut winner. It's like, you know, this is gonna be a, it's gonna be a hard-fought game. And you can tell that these two really, really hate each other when they, when they play. So, like I said, since South Carolina has been respectable since Steve Spurrier been there, you know, they, they've been balling. So I, I'm gonna say Clemson and South Carolina. I'm not gonna say that the obvious iron bow, which would be my choice, but Clemson and South Carolina.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Wow, I, I did, I did not expect that. What about you, Ken? I'm I'm throwing it back to you, brother. Uh best rivalry in college football right now.
3: Alright, so I I'm ready. I got it. And this, this this for me is is one of my um my favorite rivalries right now. Alabama LSU. Um I don't mm-hmm. know if any of you guys have seen most of those games over the last few years. Remember they uh, uh when they played for the national championship? You know, yeah. and, and Alabama, won, you know, Alabama wanted to get the revenge. The last few games with Les Miles, Crazy, Eden, Grass Hill, and Nick Saban, you know, over there on the on the other side, man, I have enjoyed those games because if there's a team that I always think can beat Alabama in any given year, it's LSU. And they come out, man, and they go toe-to-toe with them. And they've never really had a prolific offense but they've always just ran the ball really well, and their defense was always on point. And they were always been able to kind of hold Alabama in check. So, and, and then, you know, it kind of became personal because LSU would give Alabama fits, man, and, and then they would mess around and beat them. And, you know, like you like said, man, Saban becomes possessed. Like that year they played for the national championship. Alabama wanted them for that year, and they shut them down. Um, so yeah, man, for me, when I think of, when I look at the schedule and even when I look at Alabama schedule, I'm like, that's the game I want to see Alabama LSU. Cause I don't know what's going to come out of it, but I know this, I know by the time that game roll around, LSU will be ranked higher than they are right now, which is 13. So that game is going to be, it, it's going to mean something. And every time they play, it means something because, um, you know, Alabama LSU may have one loss. And Alabama may have none, or they may, both may come in undefeated. So those games, man, um, are two games that I've looked for for the last two, for two for the last two years.
2: You know what, Cam? Man, it, it's it's rare that we agree. But you know what? what? And, and I and I did accuse you of drinking earlier when you threw Georgia Bulldogs in there. <laughs> 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 but um, I actually I agree, agree man. man. I think LSU that that is the right and and you know before I start let me backtrack a little bit uh what actually got us to this point was uh got a couple facebook friends as, as you guys know i'm from south carolina I, I didn't grow. i grew up a florida state fan so but in in the state of south carolina when you grow up and you follow sports um and especially in the era in which i grew up you were either a south carolina fan or you're a clemson fan it was no in between um i grew up not really liking either team in fact i really don't like south carolina i I don't hate I really don't I can deal with Clemson I can I I can semi root for Clemson I can't root for South Carolina I just never have liked that school Um, that being said uh, I had a couple Facebook friends that were going back at it going back and forth uh, about you know one was a Clemson fan the other was a South Carolina fan and I'm listening and I'm looking at the, the the post going back and forth and I'm like when the hell have they won? Either team won anything. <laughs> you know, like they were talking as if like they like they won five, six chips, you know. And I'm like, Clemson won in 81, okay? I was like seven years old. So, I mean, like, I mean, no, nobody doesn't remember. I was, excuse me, I was eight. Nobody remembers that. Um, South Carolina's never won a title. I mean, both schools, well, actually, Clemson had, South Carolina had a Heisman Trophy winner in George Rogers in 1980. But outside of that, You know, a bunch of players are going to the league, so forth and so on, but neither school has a Hall of Famer. And, of course, allow me to boast for a quick second, my alma mater, South Carolina State University, has three Hall of Famers, and South Carolina and Clemson have zero. So, take that. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) With that being said, I think when you talk rivalries, obviously in-state rivalries, when you talk Oklahoma and – Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Ohio State, Michigan is another one that comes to mind. I mean, huge. Uh, back in the eighties, it was USC and um, Notre Dame. Uh, like FIFO said, if I go with my favorite rivalry because I'm a Florida State fan, is Florida State and the U. I mean, Miami's on the down downslide right now. So you know, when Miami comes back up, I think I hope that that will be a rivalry like it used to be. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with any in-state rivalries, any citywide rivalries like UCLA and USC. But I'm going to go like Ken said: LSU and Auburn, and, and and you know Nick Saban and Les Miles. Don't get it twisted; they really don't like each other. And Les Miles has heard for the last couple of years about how many recruits Saban has been able to get, how many recruits Saban has stole. And, you know, he, he really – I mean, and, and they, they both try to put on a good face. I will give them that. And like B was mentioning, um, South Carolina and, and Clemson, uh, where the Clemson head coach, Dabo Sweeney, and obviously South Carolina head coach, Steve Spurrier, they put on a good face about liking each other. They don't like each other either. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's not kind of when you get to that level and, you know, even when we think about even college basketball, I don't really know that Dean Smith liked Coach K. I don't I've never heard that they didn't like each other, but it just didn't seem like they would like each other. I don't know, maybe that's just me uh but that being said man i am going with Ken. We agree on this one l s u uh and, and and Alabama, I think is a solid one. Auburn and Alabama, like people said I think that's the that's probably gonna be the game of the year to watch, uh given the fact that um you know what transpired last year, man, but I think that's the biggest rivalry man for right now i I think that you know and those are two teams that you know, ironically can go toe-to-toe for the national title. Um, let's read back a couple of comments uh, from Twitter. My man Dom on Twitter, he said, Bama-Auburn, he says, always a great game and the Roots run too deep. Um, let's see here, my man, uh, Madman Reese, he said, uh, Auburn versus Alabama as well. So keep your comments coming in. Uh, hit us up on the phone lines, uh, 646-478-0356. Again, 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. Um, hey, talking... uh, uh, go ahead,
3: go ahead, hey Kyle. Yeah, just real, real, real quick, just to chime in on the Auburn Alabama. I think it's really <laughs> been go interesting ahead. over the last um, four years. Uh, the games between Auburn and Alabama have been interesting because Auburn has been able to compete with them because they had Cam Newton, of course, in 2010, and and that was a, a, a hell of a game. It, it, uh, again, you know, if if you missed that one, you you missed the gym. Um, that that game was was crazy because uh, Auburn was losing by twenty four points. Alabama jumped on them boys, man, and uh, and Cam Newton came back and, and won yep. the game, and they won that by uh, one point. So that was a great game, and of course, you know the the finish last year, man. The game last year, you know. Uh, no words can be said for the that, <laughs> that, that finish, man. Um, so, you know, out of the the last four years, they've had some great, great games. I'm not as as um, embedded in in the root of it. You know, I could care less about either team. And, in Alabama, maybe that's just in Mississippi and me not liking you know Alabama like that, but. Um, but yeah, as far as the games, you know, they they've been great. So and they've been able to Auburn has been been able to actually compete with us for a while. You know, hey, it, you know, it wasn't looking that good. But um, but yeah, so that's what kind of you know sparked more interest in this this rivalry between the two. <laughs> no doubt,
1: no doubt. I'm sorry. I'm looking at kids uh, ice bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My bad. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah, you did the ice
2: bucket challenge, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I did it, man. I'm down I saw yeah, I saw B did one yesterday too.
1: Yeah, we got we got we got caught out by uh, Ralph uh, Ralph Girl Shell. So I you know I had to step up. Plus it was hot yesterday. It was hot.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do that ice bucket red. challenge, man. You got to do it when it's like 95 degrees. You know, if it's 80 something, yeah. it's really defeating the purpose. If you're going to freeze, trust me. Phone number to call in, no. area code 646 Again, 646 I am your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. Locked in live with my boys, Beezy, Ken, FIFO. Hit us up, 646 646- four seven eight zero three five six. Um, next question I have for you. Let's let's jump to Little League World Series right now. Uh Little League World Series obviously is very popular and, and very major uh at this time of year, each year. Um there is a little girl by the name of Monet Davis. I think she is the eighteenth, if I'm not mistaken, little girl to play in the Little League World Series that is I mean, when I say shutting it down, she is shutting it down. She has taken the world by storm uh, at, at the tender, tender age of thirteen. Um, Ken, what's, what's your thoughts about what Monet Monet Davis and what she's doing at the uh, Little League World Series? All right,
3: the hell so. oh. Look, uh, great. Uh, i, I um, you know, it's great that there's some attention being brought on the sport. Um, it's great that she's good, but I'll be honest, man. Look, I haven't been watching the little league and, um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, my first time hearing about it was Sports Center, not Sports Center, but, uh, my first take. And, um, so I haven't really been, been following it that much outside of just the recent attention that that's been brought to it, but even still, I have not really care that much to 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 watch it man. What I can say about it though, um I know it was there were some highlights of something that was on um when it comes to the little league and and I saw uh a, a lot of kids of color man you know playing on the on the field, and you know it was something I was sitting there watching it with my son, and um, what i what I did feel was like I'm glad that he was able to see that. Because he's played little league and we know that there's a lack of color in professional baseball because everybody want to play football and basketball. So I think that, you know, being able to look at that and to have a, a son that's able to see that and see that there are people that's the same color as him. Play that sport and, and really play it well based on the highlights that I've saw. You know, it kind of meant a lot for me because, you know, it would be cool if he played baseball. It would be cool if he played any sport, but, you know, um, I think we do need more, more people of color playing that sport. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened to it, but, um, but it's something that's needed. So, and, and looking at it that way and looking at what she's doing, I hope it inspires and encourages other kids of color to play baseball in and from the time that I've coached Little League Baseball it mm-hmm. I've had a, a an all black team outside of this, this one, you know, white kid that I had, you know, that was on the team. So my kids, you know, my, my kids have been, you know, African American or, or whatnot. And it's just something happens as they grow older that they just fall out of love with the sport and they stop playing. So to see thirteen year old kids, you know, out there playing and showing some some love and interest in the sport was good to see. So so outstanding for her, man, to to get out there and do what she's doing. Um, you know, I, I you know what I actually I like to see if I can I, I can hit one of those pitches. You know, to be honest, out though. <laughs> I, you, know, I, you know what I'm know to say, Kyle? I
0: don't
3: know. My back speed is kind of
2: you know, it's kind of nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! What, what about you, FIFO, man? What should we should take on Monet Davis, man?
1: Um, what she's doing is is amazing. You know, um, it, 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 she's just shutting it down, really. Like I. You, it, it's really almost indescribable. You just got to watch her, like the command that she has over the ball, the power that she's able to throw it at such a young age. But at the same time, girls mature faster than boys. So, you know, I, I could kind of see how she's dominating right now. And I'm not giving, you know, I'm not, it's not a knock or anything like that because there's been other um, girl pictures that have dominated as well. And it's just a fact. You know, girls mature at that age faster than guys do. Um, And and to kind of, you know, talk about what Ken was talking about in terms of having, you know, minorities play baseball, I think that the main thing is baseball has become, you know, like a traveling type of game, you know, at least to get to that little league level, um, you know, the world championships and things like that, because it's very competitive here in America. Um, But when you look at the majority of minorities, we're not affluent enough to afford that. You know, a lot of times it's cheaper to play football, basketball, and soccer, you know, uh, than it is baseball. Baseball takes more equipment. You got to pay for a league. You can't just get, you know, however many people you need to, you know, get a baseball game going to go out there and play. It's harder to practice. You know, it's just... It's it's not the same when you're looking at minorities that live in inner cities and in impoverished areas. It's just easier to play other sports, and and it's just something that our community has has taken more too. So I think that there is an opportunity to open up avenues for you know minorities to to get into baseball more. Um, and I also think that it has a lot to do with how long it takes before you start cashing in. You know, in basketball, as of right now is one year of college, then boom, you're making a million. Right. Um and football is three. You know, but and it you know, playing major league baseball is almost like going for your doctorate. you gotta play all these years, you know, coming up. Obviously just like any other sport. But once you get to college you got your four years of college and then you have your minor league. And then it's not even guaranteed that you're gonna make it out of the minor. You know, so I, I just think that it how long it takes for you to get paid plus the availability in most minority neighborhoods. I, I think that's really what's killing baseball.
2: Okay. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. that's, that, a, that's a great that's a great point and and I'm glad you touched on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna you just made me think about something. What what about you, B? Uh, what, what's your take on it? Uh just on the whole little elite world oh, Monay Davis and Davidson, what she's doing. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah what she's doing is like dope. And then plus I mean, I've been I've been enjoying watching Little League World Series for like the last six or seven years. So I don't know, it's something about just seeing and I guess it kinda reminds me when I played baseball, you know, at a young age too, so it's just like, Oh man, I wish I would have had a chance to play, you know, in the Little League World Series or whatever. But, you know, like seeing what she's doing is is, is awesome. I think I think it's great. And I and I love the way how she handles the media too. Like they try to Right, right, right. they try to lower it in those little certain situations, those awkward situations, but she handled it she handled it very well and I'm like, kudos to her for that. And and you know, she has great, you know, ball control when she pitches. I know I, I would love to see like what the boys talk about in the locker room after the game is over after she just struck out like about six or seven dudes, you know, boys and I wonder what they'd be saying, like, damn, you didn't let her struck you out <laughs> or, do they, or do they be like, you know, well, hell, she's good. Do they like, you know, respect her which I think at this point they probably respect the hell out of her that she just been killing it. And I'm glad to see, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a, a, a African American girl, so which hopefully it can kinda steer Young African, not just girls, but you know boys as well, to kind of you know play baseball, saying, "Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I'm pro- I'm probably better at this than I am at basketball or I am at football. And I can probably excel at this really well." So, you know, I, I think it's a good look. I think it's a good look for what she's doing, and you know, and it's also bringing more attention to the Little League World Series as well, because now people are watching because of her. So, I think that I think that was great. I, I think it's really great.
2: I, I agree. I agree with everybody, man. I, th- I think it's. um it's, it's a really good look For the sport It's a really good look For young girls Because it gives them Something to aspire to uh, You know A couple of years ago Where we had the Olympics We had Gabby Douglas And and, 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 and to be honest Girls need role models Like this And and I You're always kind of Cautious about Throwing out that word But like B said She is very I watched the Like conversation That she had on ESPN She's very very poised For her age And to be honest in a day and time where girls her age are probably, you know, listening to Justin Bieber and looking at Nicki Minaj and, uh, you know, unfortunately some girls are twerk videos and stuff like that, this is a little girl playing baseball. And she's doing it at a, at the highest level and she's dominant. And to be honest, when she's on TV, I'm going to watch. I mean, you know, it, something like this I think only comes around once in a while. And I think, you know, she said, she mentioned in the interview that she wants to play – college basketball at UConn. I check within a couple of years, she's going to be at UConn. Because this girl seems like she really, and uh, one of my, shout out to my boy Brad on Facebook, he just, he just commented on my Facebook page. He said, she has it. And she does. She really, really does. And I think that's good to see because not just little girls, but all kids need to see stuff. And, and it just kind of takes you back to the, you know, the time where we were younger and, and that's what we did. Um, as far as Ken's point about, you know, seeing uh, African Americans obviously the uh, team out of Chicago uh from uh, the Jackie Robinson Park um they, they I think I know they were leading at the time that we went on the air I'm I'm, I'm not sure if they won or not but um you know seeing kids like that and I, and I think you know it it's it's something that you said as far as like the instant gratification about playing baseball um as kids get older but it, it's it goes back to something that we were talking about on Twitter today, I think with baseball with particularly major league baseball, what they don't do, um, I think they try to have diversity. But I mean you can't have diversity when players stop playing. I mean if if I played if I play baseball at five and I quit playing at eleven because I wanted to take up basketball then, you know, it is what it is but what happens is is that a lot of times people come to the games and they watch games on TV and they see brown faces or they see yellow faces and but they're not necessarily African American and that's not to say that you have to have Afri- a whole bunch of you know African Americans but obviously it it has declined over a period of time, but I think what happens is too is that baseball doesn't do a good job of marketing their individuals. Basketball does a phenomenal job of marketing their individuals. I mean, we know who the sixth man is on the Spurs team. You know, you wouldn't know who the, who the shortstop was for the, I don't know, for the for the Kansas City Royals outside of Kansas City unless he's just, you know, an all-star, somebody like that. And I think baseball has to do a better job of doing that. And then, to be honest, I don't know if you guys are going to any baseball games re- here recently, but you know the whole baseball experience i I had a phenomenal time last last month when I went to see my Yankees in Yankee Stadium for the first time. It was a, it, Yankee Stadium is very live, very festive, very active, you know fans are getting into it and and they're you know very bo- boisterous during throughout the game um I've also gone to Braves games here at Turnerfield, and I know it's kind of, it's not really fair to compare <coughs> the Braves and the Yankees. But, man, it was almost like I was at a funeral at the Braves game. And one of my buddies, you know, he, he had a couple of drinks, so he starts yelling and stuff. And he starts yelling, and people are looking at him like, why are you yelling? You're, we're supposed to be quiet. We're only supposed to cheer when the Braves get a hit. And that's not what it's about. I mean, it's it's about having fun and, and, and enjoying the game. I, there are little subtle things I think baseball can do to improve. Um, you know, but obviously if you want to get more brown faces, more – uh, African Americans In baseball You have to Introduce the game To them at an early age And encourage them To keep playing And um, you know what and, and we'll see Kyle, How that happens Over a period of time Kyle we black I'm sorry Hollywood, What were you saying We black Hollywood You should know that You know Black
1: people And everybody else We're not going to Cheer here in Atlanta man. We Hollywood out here well,
2: well, you know what, what man. I guess the thing was at the Braves game was that they were just. I've never been to a baseball game where people just kind of sat on their hands. That's not to me. That's not baseball. That's you know, I mean, if you want to do that, stay at home. But I mean, hey, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to piss off Braves fans. I, I could care less about the Braves. Uh, <laughs> the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Man, let's jump to the phone lines. We got the sixth man on the on the line, man. Our boy Q Q. What up? Yo. What what up, what you,
4: what up? Hey, what's good, you guys? What's good, man? What's good? Yeah, hey, I, I got a got a question for for y'all. Since we in the second week of preseason, um, I wanted to get like some like y'all thoughts on who you think which team looks to be moving in the right direction, sleepers, people you think gonna take the division, you know, just like little early predictions.
2: So far in the preseason, based on what we've seen in the
4: preseason? Yeah, just so far. Just like a blind like guess. So like, man, this this team is looking good. Well, I'll go first because I know.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead Pittsburgh.
4: They, that's kind of hard for me, but go ahead. Pittsburgh. I know that they didn't win their games, but I'm telling you, just off the draft and the pieces that, that they brought in, like, I cannot say enough about just their draft class with Dre Archer. Um, oh, my God. Drew Archer, Mark, Mark Tavius Bryant from Clemson. I think he's going to be a monster. Steven Tewitt from uh, Notre Dame. Ryan, I think Ryan here from Ohio State. I think that if they put those pieces together and uh, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, that they can bring something like in a more of a fast-paced offense because Ben Roethlisberger only does good when he's in a no huddle. So, if they can kind of mimic, mimic, mimic that whole Oregon offense and they can get, a, you know, just like some no huddle like the New England Patriots do. And let's not even talk about their running back core, man. They got, uh, what's his name? Le'Veon Bell. Andre mm-hmm. Archer's a running back. And they got LeGarrett Blunt. So, those three backs with their wideouts, they got, I mean, I know Plaxico is not the guy he once was. He's on the back end of his career. But they do can still be a. Uh, like a goal line threat, at least that. So, I think with him, Martavius, Antonio Brown, they got this Derrick Moore kid, I like him. Uh man, this team, if they can put it together, I think that they have a really good chance of winning the AFC North and just maybe doing something in the playoffs. But just off what I've seen, the flashes of Drew Archer and the players, I think that their defense can be a lot better than last year. And I think for one, I think Cincinnati is going to stink, but that's just my personal opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, you know who I who I, who I, who I happen to see, and I, I don't really watch preseason football that much. I, I'm not really crazy about it, but when I saw that first team went out and they looked flawless, it was uh, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers and company. Yeah, but They were yeah. out there. I forgot who they were what they playing against? But man, that offense looks I mean, Aaron Rodgers just looked flawless, man. I was just like, "Wow!" Like, you know, it was just uh, they just they just went out there and just took care of business that quick with that first team, and then they just you know went off the floor off the uh, field. So I'm like, man, if if, if, uh, if they defense, I don't know how how much better or if they defense got better at all, but if they defense have gotten even a little bit better from last year, you know, and, and now that Aaron Rodgers is healthy, man, they mm-hmm. got Green Bay. They 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 look scary, man. I, I, sorry, Detroit. Y'all ain't going to take that. In- 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 <laughs> <laughs> if Green Bay looking like that, I'm just being real. I mean, look, I love my Lions, but, you know, you, you got to be real. I mean, if Green Bay looking like that, we don't have a shot. <laughs> we do not.
0: Well, so you know, to the have you
2: paid that much attention to, to the preseason, FIFO, uh, to pick a team that you think might be the, uh, on, the, on the rise headed into the season?
3: Um... Yeah,
1: I haven't really been really into preseason, and I I don't really know about a team really on the rise. But I know a team that looks like they want to be back at the Super Bowl. That looks like Denver. You know that boy Peyton man, he he ain't miss a step. They they you know kind of like what B was saying about Green Bay. Denver Denver looks ready. Denver looks like yo like let's get the season one going. You know the the first week going, and, and, and let's get this ball rolling to the Super Bowl. So you know, I I don't know if there's like gonna be a lot of a lot of flip flopping in terms of like teams that were bad to be to becoming good, but I think that a lot of the top tier teams are are going to maintain as top tier teams. Yeah, Denver, no Denver doubt, no doubt. Pleasure, what what was you about to say, Q? About, about I was him? saying that
4: about Detroit, man. I think they have a chance, and. I'm not even go front. I'm an Eagles fan through and through, but I'm always scared when when we play the Lions because I'm just like, man, our corners is gonna get their ass beat by by Charm. Man, this ain't gonna be a game. This gonna be so <laughs> these he gonna be showing like little boys out there. Here's what I'm saying: If Matthew Stafford, because I'm a Stafford That's fan, I like the kid. kid. I like him a lot. He's anything he just <laughs> If he can just cut down his turnovers. If he can just do yes.
0: five less turnovers
4: yeah. this year, and man. he can get the ball to Megatron and Ebron,
1: I, I know, and I
4: know. Oh my God!
1: I know, man. We <laughs> preach. Like, we are pre-
4: pre- right, pre- right
1: there yep. every year. We preaching, right the preaching the same song, man. We the same song. Trust me. I know, Q. We preach oh, every year. Every year, I'd be like, dude, if Matthew Stafford can just get it together, please, just do not turn over the ball, and then game. When we what we need the most, and then when it comes down to it, Matthew Stafford freaking throw a couple picks or a pick that might hurt us that give us an L. I'll be like, there it is. The Lions always get my hopes up. They always get my hopes up. Because the potential, and let me down. like this, the the potential is
4: beyond there. Because you yeah, like it is. I saw it. I saw it in the beginning of the season last i am Like man, what what Detroit got five straight, five zero. Yep. Okay, this is gonna be the year where they finally turn the corner. And then when they, uh, I think they, they lost to Pittsburgh and whatnot. I, I was just like, wow. And
1: man, then no, we, like we, those, we had wow. the NFC North. We had it. Chicago was, it was right there. Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went out. Like we had the division. It was ours for the taking, and we was already like four games ahead in the division. I know, when man. Chicago. And Aaron, yep. man, yeah, Don't even get me started on last year, man. Like, <laughs> oh, man yeah, A yeah, B was going for real. God, <laughs> leave, I mean, man, like. That's why I, that's why I don't have my hopes up. Really, it's like I we all all my boys in Detroit. We all gonna have our hopes up. Me and my dad, and then here come come November or something. We'd be like, up oh, there it is. Here goes the two Detroit Lions, just showing us their their true colors. It's just like, God, man. Bro, I mean, like I,
4: as an Eagles fan, I just been not hopped off the bandwagon. I just been toned down my expectations for about the last four or five years. I'm just like, you know yeah. what? Just let's see what happens. And if we get there, I'm, I'm probably am probably have to pinch myself if we even get to Super Bowl. I'll be like, wow, we did this for real? i have to look back to make sure we ain't cheating. I Man, I've just been looking at teams like Detroit, like Pittsburgh is going to do something. And I want to say something real quick, because all y'all was hating on Ken when he said things he said about Manziel. And I remember, like this had maybe three weeks ago, Everyone was, oh man, he's just he's just a kid. This is only way. you know. He's fresh in NFLs, his off season time. Here's what you all need to know about Johnny Manziel. Dog, Johnny Manziel is gonna be one of those guys who doesn't put you know like himself before the team, but he's going to have his image in mind. And I feel like when he gets to Cleveland and he's on the field and people are talking trash to him. If he can't stay composed during a second preseason game, if he doesn't fix this, this is all contingent on his behavior and how bad he is, if he can't stay composed during a second preseason game, then how do you think he's going to feel when Troy Palomalu sacks him and then, you know, just like says says something to him? How do you think he's going to feel when Haloti Nata racks him and he calls him trash? What do you think is going to happen? Is he going to get it in in his head? He's going to be even more terrible. Or he's just going to, you know, flip out and have, like, a nervous breakdown or whatnot. And I'm look, not with that. Cute. because
1: Q, but cute. hold on, man. Look, 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 look. All right, look. This, this is the Manziel mania thing that's happening right here. The bro man just flicked his middle finger. He didn't lose his composure like he had this meltdown and a tirade and all he stuck his middle finger. Now you mean to tell me sticking your middle finger is as bad or as a meltdown? When you're talking smack, if you start talking smack to that to, to, to that particular player or, or the, the sideline or whatever, it's the same thing. It's a, it's not a meltdown. I, I, I would say he lost his composure because again, it's a body language. You don't have right. to hear it to know what you're saying which is bad for business, is bad for your brand, is bad for marketing. But you mean to tell me there's a couple times in football games or even in basketball games when the camera is close enough and you can hear them cuss. You don't think that they cuss? That's not a breakdown, man. It's just it was a wrong gesture. Come on. It's over-sensationalized.
4: I understand and and I comprehend what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying, though. With everything that has been piled on about Johnny Menzel, all the naysayers, everyone who said, oh, man, he can't do it, he's not NFL material, and all the people who say he can't learn a playbook, he's just one of those guys who's going to be like, you know, a Doug Foody 2.0, he's going to be one of those people. He's not going to be successful. When you can get in someone's head, and this is how they act in a preseason game, and I'm not saying that guys don't constantly, you know, do all this and whatnot, because that's what the game is. But Johnny Menzel is not... You know, some dude who's like borderline could be working at a U-crops in two months from from now. He's not that. He's a guy that everyone's holding under the spotlight. So, if you are going to be the person who's being held under the spotlight, act accordingly. You know what and, what you, you got to do. And if and if you are playing like garbage, you don't.
1: I don't know who you are to even do that. You just be mad shoot. at yourself for for missing open throws. And I feel you. And 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 I feel you. And and, and I agree that the action shouldn't have happened, and the action is wrong, but not because it shows a sign of weakness. The action does not show a sign of weakness. So, And, and my point to you is this. Obviously, they were talking smack, and Brian Arakro um, hinted on what they were saying. They were saying that this is not college anymore, Johnny. Everybody's fat, right? And he put up his middle mm-hmm. finger. So if he would have just looked back and would have said, man, fuck y'all, whatever, whatever, I'm going to get the next play. What's the difference? There's no difference. The difference is is that the gesture is understood by every single person right. that saw it. That's the only difference. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that response in terms of what it means. There's something wrong with the gesture. So 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 let so so, so so let's not over sensationalize it and hype it. I like when a player is fiery, and you know what? You're not going to talk smack to him. And and I don't care what he says. Now, to lose your composure is to be in that type of situation is to physically attack somebody, you know what I'm saying, or or, or to go on a tirade Or, or to do something of that nature. He didn't do that. It was a bad gesture. So let's leave it at that. That's all it is. And I agree that. I don't even think that that's even getting into your head. It was just a reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like what's Carmelo is, is a meltdown. That's a meltdown. Carmelo right. cannot handle that. He coming to his bus after the
0: game.
2: Hey, I mean, feel mean it. but let's just keep real. I, I mean, a man say your wife tastes like Cheerios. I mean, that ain't. That's not going. to, It's not going. It's not going to sit well <laughs> with you. <neck. laughs>
4: I feel you, man. I just, I don't know. I'm just, you know, over here looking at all the people, like the Josh Gordons and the Justin Blackmans, and they're just fine. Where everyone was like, dude, it's only, you know, because he's young, and it's like, sure, okay. Then what happens in the next time? I want, I want Johnny Manjo to be successful. I'm not a Johnny hater. I'm not, I'm not Skip Bayless who's going to be on on your sack all the time. But I am a person who wants to see this man successful. But all I'm trying to say is that he has to trade lightly being a rookie quarterback because people are going to be like, oh, he's that guy now? Okay, he wants to be a tough guy, then we're going to treat him like a tough guy because I, I don't know. That, that's just the way I feel about it. And, you know, I hope he's successful. I want him to be successful. And, you know, that's just like that's how I got to leave at that, man.
2: No doubt, no doubt. You got anything else for an IQ?
4: Um... Just real quick, I know y'all was talking about the Ferguson State situation, man, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, really, uh, you know, I'm trying to collect my thoughts on the whole thing. And my conclusion from what I've seen so far of it is that I'm very oh, proud. Hold hey, on,
2: that messing around in the background, man? We're getting a lot of background noise. Is that you, Ken? No, nah, no, nah, that's not me. <laughs> Ain't me. I'm sitting here chilling. You We're to have to start a little dead end sports fight, but go ahead, uh, go ahead, Q. <laughs> I'm saying
4: this, man. Like, I'm very proud of the community of people. This is not like even a black thing, or white thing. I'm not talking about, you know, race here. I'm talking about just as, as a community of people to come together and care about this issue because I don't think a lot of people realize that. We're one of the most, we're, we're we're one of the least disenfranchised, I'm sorry, we're one of the most disenfranchised races out there, if not the most. So it's like when you have a situation like this and people are so fed up, like the Trayvons, the Oscar Grants, all these people dying at the hands of police, I think the number one thing that we need to get out of this is that policemen who are in these low-income or uh, mostly uh minority areas, they have to go through some sort of, like, sensitivity training, man. They have to realize these people's circumstances and understand that they don't come from silver spoons and they have to do what they have to do to survive. So when you treat someone and you look at someone and you antagonize someone like they're an animal, then maybe they're going to react with a reaction that's not going to be suiting to you as a police officer. And I do believe that we should respect police. I've been saying F corrupt cops. I don't say F F cops because people out there who are cops have the same type of family that, that we have. They just want to get home to their family the same way that we all do. But I, I, have no, I have no remorse for corrupt cops, and we need to stop those people. The people who actually go out and defend us and defend our justice and serve justice and protect and serve, those are the people that we need to be saluted. And we need to realize that people are taking orders, too. So so you can't just go out and antagonize everyone who wears a badge the same way you can't antagonize everyone who stags their pants. So I said said this a month ago when the whole Donald Sterling thing came out. Change is a two-way street. So if black people and us black folks want these people to stop perpetuating stereotypes and stop stereotyping people, then perhaps we should also have a little more self-respect for ourselves and carry ourselves. As people who deserve to be respected, and go out there and try to show that we have a worth here. This is what we do. When, when, we're not just people who sit on porches drink, drinking 40s. That's not the stereotype. The stereotype is that we have more black men and more black women going to college than we ever had. That's something that the media needs to be showing. Not just people who go out there and shoot guns, because the same amount of people who are in gangs can be the same amount of people who are white people. Mexicans and blacks. It doesn't matter. It's not just a black thing. Black black people are not the only people who shoot, rob, and steal. Crime is universal. So when this Ferguson situation popped off, the one thing I just thought about was, man, we have to come together as a community of people. Stop trying to draw lines on race. Because I see people making this, uh, oh, no, white people are allowed to care about this. Y'all shouldn't ask questions. No, I want y'all to ask questions. Because the more we create a dialogue, the better we will see a place for us to raise our children in communities, building businesses, all these type of things where we can coexist in peace and harmony there's no need for all this so in closing, cops, you need sensitivity training, the people who've never been to these areas and look at these people like they're animals like the people said, Anthony Ferguson, oh you bringing on you animals that is not the attitude to have the Sergeant Johnson or Captain Johnson, I forget his name, he Mm-mm. has the right act of I'm with you. I'm trying to understand. I'm here to listen. Because people who feel like they have no one to turn to, all they want is someone to listen. And I know what these er er areas are like. These are good people. These are good people. And we need to start respecting all lives. This isn't just a black and white and a blue thing. This is an all across America thing. This is a whole world thing. Stop abusing your power and realize that you're here to protect and serve. Because when when you start... To abuse your your power Then you can't find trust in everyone else Because everyone else is going to look at you Just like they look at black people in a stereotype Same people who don't care about cops Oh fuck cops Not the attitude we should have We should have the attitude of we We need to find change and reform And create a dialogue So everyone can coexist And that is what Ferguson I think should come out of this Not violence and hatred Nothing like that should happen
2: No doubt no, thank you. I, I think I think one, one thing you touched on, man, and and hopefully, you know, when the dust settles and the protests stop and everything like that, hopefully that's one thing that that that, that you know happens there, and, and that, because there's there's some positivity to, to come out of everything, and it just really depends mm-hmm. on all on how you look at it. So hopefully hopefully that's going to be uh, you know what we see here in the, in, the, in the near future, man. As always, man, Q, thanks for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate it.
4: For sure, man. Y'all have a good night.
2: All right, brother, you too. All right, brother. peace, you,
4: Peace.
2: Phone number Q, call 646 478 Definitely a passionate call, man. We we talk sports. We talk whatever you want to talk about. We primarily talk sports, but, hey, if you want to call up here and talk about Ferguson, you can. Uh, you got about, about 13 minutes left before we get out of here. 646 I want to jump to baseball real quick. Uh, uh, the manager for the Tampa Bay Rays. Joe Madden was in the news uh, here recently. Um, let me set it up for you. Uh, Joe Madden. Uh, everybody knows that Derek Jeter is on his uh, farewell tour. The perennial All Star, uh, first round Hall of First ballot Hall of Famer Derek Jeter, shortstop of my New York Yankees. Uh, <laughs> he, he is, you know, he announced at the beginning of the season that he is retiring, and uh, he, you know, he's not coming back or anything like that. So as the Yankees have traveled to different stadiums, uh, you know, teams have rolled out the red carpet for Jeter. They have uh, given him gifts. Uh, So this is not something and this has happened in other sports. I remember this happened with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he announced that he was going to retire from basketball. Uh, Every arena that he went in, the team presented him with a gift before the games and stuff like that. Joe Madden took offense to... they, They were playing in Tampa and the Tampa fans decided to cheer for Derek Jeter, not just at his first home, first plate appearance, but they cheered for him loudly every time that he came up to bat. So, question I have, and I'll throw it out for you first, FIFO. Should home teams be upset when their fans cheer for opposing players?
1: I think to a certain degree, I think in every instance, yes, except for I guess in baseball is customary because, you know, last year it was uh, Mariano Rivera's last year as well. Right, I same exactly, same across, for Mariano's. Yeah, you know, across um, every baseball stadium that they played at. So in that instance, I'm okay with that. You know, when when it's, you know, the, the, the first game in their stadium, every time Derek Jeter comes up, okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. Outside of that, no. No, you shouldn't you shouldn't be cheering um i think at the most it should be a ooh or an ah if the opposing star does something great because you mm-hmm. know you should a great place should always be acknowledged but to cheer for I'm I, i'm i'm not for that i'm not for that
2: no doubt no doubt what about you ken uh Should should, uh, other opposing teams be upset when when the opposing team comes in? And, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been. I'm pretty sure you have. I've been, too. And and (laughs) before I get your point on it, Ken, uh, I'm going to use the Hawks, my Hawks, as an example. And I know that's a bad example because, first and foremost, Atlanta is a very transient city. We have people from all over the world, all over the country that are here. And very few, when they move here, they bring their allegiance uh, from their teams Uh, They they, they usually stay with whatever team where they were So if they were from L.A. and they moved here They're still a Lakers fan So when the Lakers come, they cheer loud for Kobe Um, I even went to a Hawks game And there was a contingent of people And I'm pretty sure they weren't from Detroit Like B is But they were yelling, "Detroit basketball I mean, I couldn't believe it I really wanted to just throw beer on them But I did So, yeah should teams be upset when uh, when a, an, an opposing player comes in and, and the fans cheer?
3: Um, no. No, I don't, I don't think they should be depending on the player. And when you have a guy of Derek Jeter's uh, uh, caliber and resume and, and just all of the contributions he's, he's paid for in, in the game, man, I think it's appropriate and okay to show your respect for a guy who's, who's, who's hanging it up. You know, and that's just being, um, you know, just, just being, I, I think just, um, acknowledging a guy's resume and, you know, a future Hall of Famer, you know, for, for everything that he's done up to this point. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all because you're not going to see this guy again. And, you know, it, it's not like it's, it's somebody that we don't know. This is. This is Mr October, you know what I'm saying so right 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 you know, this is November this is November so this this is the guy man this is Derek Jeter so and, and baseball man baseball fans they they care about you know the pedigree of the sport itself man and, and they like guys who who we all know Derek Jeter has always been a guy that's played with with class you know he's, he's rarely been in any kind of trouble and he's always respected the game. So he got deserves it. So, I mean <laughs> so, so, you know. so yeah, I mean, I, the side of the any- Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I don't think anything wrong with it,
2: man. I, I, I think it's I think it's a good thing, man. I, I, I think it is. I have no issues. Okay, okay. What what about you, B? What's your take on it? Should should fans be upset? I mean, should teams be upset?
1: No, I mean, just the um, yeah, I mean, this dude is the first Battle Hall of Famer. He's, he's Derek Jeter. He's, he's the class of the MLB for the past, you know, 18 years, you know. So I, I don't have no issue with it. I mean, they, they I look at it as baseball paying respect to them, the fans across the world. I mean, across the mm-hmm. United States, paying respects to a great, one of the greatest shortstops, one of the top five Yankee players of all time, you can arguably say. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think there's no issue about it. It's not like they cheering for, you know, six other players. It's just Derek Jeter. I mean, the dude is a legend. So, you know, in uh, the same same way it would be with Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan was playing this last year, and everybody knew if he was playing, you know. And Do not, you think Jordan could go Idol. into the
2: Palace and get cheers? I think
1: he could. I mean, I think just I off think off he way. would. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just all not throughout the, the, the game. Things, yeah. No, yeah, no, like that's that's the game. That's about the game. Yeah. That's about the game. But I mean, yeah, if if if, if the buns are beat, and you know, at the end of the bu- at the end of the game, you know, then okay, Jordan bye-bye, this is it, this final game, Metallas. Yeah, I think people will stand up and cheer for him, you know, because it's just respect. I mean, the dude is. He's going down as, like, one of the greatest basketball players that ever played a sport. I mean, you got to respect that. Yeah, I can probably still not care for him or not like him because of what he did in right. my business. But at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> as a ball player and someone that plays ball, I mean, you've got to do nothing but respect Jordan. You'd be stupid not to respect him. You know what I'm saying? I might not like him, but, heck, I know he was – you know, the greatest shooting guard I've ever seen play the game of basketball. So you got to respect it. So I don't have an issue with MLB fans doing that, giving respect to Derek Jr. Is it the last time? And this probably might be the last time I get to see him in uniform. So I, I think that's cool. Oh,
2: definitely. Definitely, definitely. I, 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 I don't have a problem with it when, you, when you're recognizing a, a particular player. I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, what right. I do have a problem with is if, you know, my, I'm at the game, and my hometown Hawks are playing, and LeBron comes. Into, now, LeBron's not retiring. LeBron is just here. And these fake Miami Heat fans are yelling, Miami Heat, you know, Heat Nation and all this stuff like that, when you know that you're not a Miami Heat fan. And and, and I've actually seen that happen. So, opposing, you know, cheering for another team, you know, I get it. I, I get it when stars starts coming. I've I've been at Hawks games where, you know, Kobe comes to town And, you know, Ray is sold out and People are cheering when Kobe scores I don't, as a fan, I don't like it I'm pretty sure as a Hawks player I'm pretty sure Hawks players didn't like it But at the end of the day, you know, you have to Also, something within you has to say Okay, well, hey, let's beat them You know, if if this is a pro-Lakers crowd Let's beat them You know, we're the home team You know, that should make you want to play even harder To shut your fan or the, or the imposing fans up You know, so um, and I mean, I know that there are certain teams, and it's particularly like in the NFL, that like the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers travel well. I mean, like if the Green Bay Packers are playing your team, uh, you know. And, and I remember they came here a few years ago, and there was a big uh, there was a big fuss about the fact that people gave up their tickets. But think about it like this: if you had if your see if your ticket for that particular game costs eighty dollars. And a Green Bay Packer fan was in town and offered you five hundred dollars for your seat and your ticket. What you gonna do? You gonna tell them no? I'm not. <laughs> so they, you know, they do that and they overpay for tickets and they go in and they go cheer for the Packers. So then the next thing you know, you look around and even though it's a Falcon home game, you got all of these cheeseheads in the stands. I mean, it happens. Um, but yeah, as far as this concerned, I think. I think Joe Mann was I think he was out of bounds for even mentioning this because I think Jeter's a legend and you got to just respect Jeter for what he's done, not just for the Yankees, but what he's done for the game or just overall. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in live to Dead End Sport. We got a few minutes left. Uh, you know what, man? We haven't done this in a while. Let's let's do some parting shots, man. Uh, let's do some parting shots. Ken, I'll start with you. Parting shots for this evening. Um, you know what, man? I'm,
3: I'm going back to Ferguson, man. And okay. as long as I have uh, a place to, to express my voice, then I will will continue to do so. Um, you know, we, we still have a long way to go for answers. Um, but, you know, I, I want to just really thank everybody that's been out there, the people that have been protesting peacefully, not the riders that are not from Ferguson that are coming in there you know, trying to take advantage of a situation. Unfortunately, we live in this world that we know that there will be people and that there are people that will try to latch on to something and that there are bad apples in the world that kind of fly to everybody. So I just want to thank everybody for being, you know, being out there, continuing their efforts to uh, at least get answers, you know, for what happened to Mike Brown, man. And, and um, regardless of how this plays out, this is a bigger issue. You know, there was another young man that was killed, by the LAPD Monday He was uh, white I believe So this isn't about race This is about police brutality And the police are out of hand So I think this is the, that's the bigger issue that we have And that we need to uh, to look at So again Thank everyone for their efforts man And, and as long as uh, I have a voice And I'm going to show my support However that I can So uh, just stay safe and, and keep it
2: peaceful What about you B? We got about 90 seconds left
1: Um Tomorrow is my mother's uh, birthday. Just, I know she's listening from heaven and everything. Just want to give her a shout out. Happy birthday, Mom! Uh, that's my birthday. Just give a shout out to my mother. Rest in peace.
2: No doubt, no doubt. Rest in peace, Miss White. Uh, what about you, FIFO? Final thoughts.
1: Uh, shout out to Sean Marion for making a smart choice, picking the Cleveland Cavs, <laughs> and still collecting them checks. Um, you probably will be playing for NBA championship next year.
2: Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, my final thought, man. I, I'm, I'm with Kim, man. I'm gonna take it back to Ferguson, man. I, I think there's so many questions, so many things that need to be answered. Uh, I really, you know, applaud people for taking a stand, uh, especially in a generation who, you know, was always told, "Well, where are your leaders? Where? What are you gonna do? What, you know, are you not, are you gonna stand up for anything?" And um, I think that it's, it's been very beautiful to see the peaceful protests. Uh, keep it coming and keep it positive, and, and more importantly, man, pray. Because at the end of the day, all we can do is pray that things will get better—not just for you, not just for me, but for my kids, your kids, and everybody else's kids out there. Uh, that's going to do it for us, for us this week, man. For Ken, for B, for Feed your old twelve, Kyle. Well, I'll see you guys next week. Peace.
0: Throw up two
3: fingers next time, Johnny Menzel. money works, bro.